Welcome back, guys, to the second episode of the Denzel Financial Podcast. This episode is entitled The Intelligent Investor. For those of you guys that don't remember, my name is Anwar Cannon. I'm known as Mr. Cannon to you guys. And I'm here with the executive team for the Denzel Financial Group. We have out here our founder and CEO, Charles Denzel. How you guys doing tonight? We have our chief operating officer, Daniel Goodman. Pleasure to meet y'all tonight. And we have our director of public relations, Rami Ibrahim. Nice to meet you, everybody. My name is Rami Anwar. I'm looking forward to a great series with you. All right. And Rami is also going to be the second host for this podcast as well. Yeah, you know, tonight what we're going to kind of discuss for you guys is uh, investment options. That's why we kind of titled this The Intelligent Investor, where you guys will kind of be learning is how to save uh, money that you allocate, also and learning to invest into the stock market. I know that's been a big topic from you guys. So, you know, we definitely here with that episode for you guys. And also a big component is cybersecurity. I'm going to preference cybersecurity and uh, Daniel will speak more on that. But what that kind of details is learning the different types of investment options that you utilize in terms of the platforms that you use it on, making sure that you're giving the money to the right brokers that you might be working with and also just the right individuals you're going to be investing with. But I'm um, just going to kick it off to Anwar to kind of start off with some questions for us. Yes, actually, I have some really interesting questions for you guys, and I hope that the audience really learns a lot from, from the answer to these questions. The first one is, what is financial freedom, and how, how is it important to this generation? Financial freedom to me is very important for us is because of the fact of we're not limited to the olden ways. And when I say that is when you go into your job, you know, you, when you work with a lot of older individuals, you might speak to them and they might say something like, oh, you know, I, I come into work, you know, do my nine to five, go home. But uh, I have so much bills, you know, I have so much stuff I have to pay. I don't really have any money, you know, for myself. I've heard that many times, and I'm sure you guys can attest to that, even from your own parents or, you know, just people that you work with on the daily. So for us, I would say financial freedom is just learning how to control your spending, understanding how to diversify. And when I say diversify, it means moving your money and let, making your money work for you. We're going to touch more on that later. But making your money work for you is a very important component, and that allows you to kind of diversify yourself and also when you sleep, you know, I know you guys have heard the terminology, when you sleep, your money's still working for you. So that's something that is very important to obtain financial freedom. Um, Daniel, what about you? Um, I would say that financial freedom, in addition to the uh, points that you touched, Charles, is uh, financial freedom is really establishing a, a sort of a legacy for your family, uh, for yourself, for... Um, your generation that you're in and, and your future generations because it's the, there's a difference between uh, being rich and having wealth. And, um, you know, the, the, there are habits that wealthy people do that rich people don't do. Um, example is uh, people who have money usually like to spend money and end up not having money because they want to buy the Beamer, they want to buy the... the 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 high and might the, the, the boats, boats <laughs> yeah. you know the houses they want to buy all of nice that places you know and, and I mean they could they could have money they could have uh, a great job they could have a business that's generating the money but the habits that they have just 
they're they're still broke. The mindset is still broke. So financial freedom goes just beyond uh, having the physical money. It's more having a mindset, and uh, that's the the real takeaway I think with financial freedom. In addition to what you said, Charles, it's freeing your mind from kind of the uh, you're literally living paycheck to paycheck, or um, money is uh, kind of uh, a stagnant. It's it's more of a renewable resource, and that's the mindset you shift to when you enter uh, financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, these are great answers, guys. Rami, do you have something to say? For sure. After hearing all of you guys speak, I, I just want to say that based on what Daniel said is very accurate, that a lot of people are able to make money, but very few people are able to create that generational wealth that we're all trying to achieve. Personally, I don't think that our journey in our lives are done when just we're, we're gone. We have to set up our family and our future generations to learn from us. So I think that financial freedom is achieved once your money is able to make you money. Everybody has a salary or a job where they have a capped paycheck or a capped salary. That's how much they'll make in that year. But until you are making that money, make you some money on the side or invested in other avenues, there is no financial freedom in that. That's my opinion. All right, Charles. So I like the fact that you you touched upon the fact that while you're sleeping, your money is actually making money for you. And Rami, I actually like the fact that you you touched upon investing. So I want to ask you guys, what do you guys think is the difference between investing and saving? And how are they both important? Good question. Yeah, for me, um, I I believe savings, I'm going to preference that first is Basically, like I said, having a job or even working through a business that you might own. And also, when you make that money, you take a portion of it and you put it into a bank. Um, that's what I think the definition of savings is. Investing your money, on the other hand, is putting it into different type of assets. There are different type of assets that um, you guys, you know, I kind of want to break it down for you. Is For one is the stock market. That's a big component that you can invest your money in. Uh, property, real estate. Uh, owning homes, renting homes, and buying and selling them. And also a big component is your business. Your business also is an investment in its own because that those are the three components mainly that we kind of utilize nowadays um, for the individuals that do invest or want to invest that kind of makes your money work for you because, again, that that money always is flowing in and out even when you're sleeping. The market The market is continuously moving your money. When you own property, you're continuously buying and selling. You're always going to make a percentage of that. And also when you have a business, a business is something that's, you know, basically I always say entrepreneurs will be the cornerstone in the next five to ten years. So right. that's something that, you know, having a business, you're always going to have individuals that kind of want to do business with you regardless of whatever business that you're doing. But um, I also want to get a perspective from you, Rami. What do you believe that would be? Well, savings is, as I mentioned, a form of just putting your money aside and building it up b- directly based on how much you're setting aside. But inv- So it's almost like you're stashing it. But when it comes to investing, investing gives your money the ability to grow. It's like a seed almost. By investing, you are planting your money somewhere, which is the seed. And if you take care of it and manage it properly with proper oversight, it can grow into, a, right. into more money. But if you are poorly managing it, you could lose that seed, all that money. So investing gives you the opportunity to grow 
what you have as opposed to stashing it in your mattress or in the bank, as Charles mentioned. And I think the two go hand in hand um, because normally you would invest the money that you save. If you don't save any money, then you don't have money to invest. So it really starts with the habit of saving. And, you know, it's as simple. It could be as simple as just taking 10% of uh, a paycheck. You know, let's say you get $100, just save $10. $10. Just put it, in the, put it in your savings account. Then take $5 from that $10 and invest it. You could buy a stock with $5. You know, so it's just those simple things, those little things that over time will help build you that wealth, I feel. Um, and, yeah. Great answer, man. Do you have something to add, Rami? Um, as you mentioned, in terms of saving, you can't have you can't have investments without having any money to invest in it. So saving might be one form. Um, in today's age, where everybody you know is getting a check, not everybody's managing that check properly. Some people might put it all in the bank. Some people might put it all in the stock market. So it's really important to consider, especially with your own goals, how much you should allocate to savings, how much you should allocate to investing, mm -hmm. and that is very, very key. And I know Charles has been definitely trying to talk about that asset allocation that I just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, basically with that asset allocation is just having a flow through um, of your money. Um, basically, with that al asset allocation, what that allows you to do is basically diversify yourself. Um, the one beauty I want to also touch on that is when you do have assets, it helps with tax season. That's mm -hmm. a big thing. That's oh, a big yeah. thing, boys. Yeah, we hitting I'm something. Saying, yeah, yeah, you know, right. <laughs> for us, it's because a lot of write-offs that you get, a lot of opportunities that you get, you know, that's why you see the rich stay rich. Well, I don't even say the rich. The wealthy stay wealthy. Yep. And, you know, because of the fact that... And they get taxed less, too. You better believe the top 1% are looking for every way they can to get those tax breaks and yeah. to not lose that money. Money, exactly. So, you know, that's something that, you know having those investments helps because again as daniel kind of touched upon earlier and i found that interesting is just having you know the interest to invest rather than just put your money in the bank and let it sit or using your money just to buy the nice car that you see or you know wanting to get like you know that thing that you know that you know you could probably put your money towards putting it into the stock market where we're going to touch more on later on, but also like, you know, just kind of diversifying yourself overall because you always want to think, and that's what I say, you know, to a lot of people that I usually interact with is you always want to think for the future. Mm -hmm. You never want to think for the present. Mm -hmm. You know, that $5, like you said, Daniel, that stock that, you know, you put that $5 in, maybe in the next five to six months, and I've seen it happen even myself, it becomes $20, it becomes $50, it could even become 100 you know, that's just from a simple $5 investment. So it's, so I, anybody listening, I would definitely say, you know, think of the future by starting with the now. So. Very good point. That's, that's, that's a great line, Charles. Thank you for your answer. No, no and problem. I just wanted to add on to that, too. Um, for those of you guys that are not really sure of the meanings of assets, an asset is basically what puts money in your pocket. So anything you, you invest in that puts money in your pocket in the long run or short, short run, it's an asset. And what, what intelligent investors do is that they, they gather a lot of assets and they stay away from liabilities. Liabilities is anything that takes money away from your pocket. 
Like it's that's 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 a simple definition for both terms that I read from the Rich Dad Poor Dad book. I don't know if you guys heard about it before. Yeah, that from was a very, very good popular book, book especially yeah. when we were kids. And yeah. our dads are reading that book. I know about that. Yeah, from Robert Kiyosaki, in which he explains that some people might confuse some liabilities for an asset. For example, a car. Some people might think of it as an asset because when you're trying to figure out your net worth, you usually count the value of the okay. car. But it's a liability because the moment you drive off the lot, 25% of, of, of the value of that car goes down. So right there. So and it takes monthly payments. Value. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's monthly payments that you got to make to keep the car. So that's definitely a liability. So just things like that. too. All right. Now we're going to move on to another question that I have for you guys. How does someone, a beginner, who's interested in investing in the stock market, how do they go about it? Well... The stock market is just such a such a complex web of, you know, valuations and numbers that to an outside person that might not have started to learn about it might be a little overwhelming. But the good part about the stock market is, is it can become a very personal thing to you in terms of, say, your interests, your, your life interests could align with your investment interests. If you like video games, you might be able you might be more inclined to invest in a technology company that develops video games or graphics, things of that nature. So you really even if you know nothing about the stock market, you can start with what you do know in your life and then build on some research from that. All the stock market really is is giving a value, a price to every company, to every asset out there. Oil has a price. Um, air condition. I mean, um, oil has a price, and gas has a price, as the same way as Apple has a price, and Facebook has a price. So that's what the stock market really is: is just valuations of different companies and assets. Yeah, I mean, basically, just to kind of piggyback off of what um, Rami has said, you know, is also having the right tools in place. Um, the three things I always think about is having a mentor, having a book. And also having a real world experience. The three components, um, I first say with a mentor is having someone that does invest in the market. I think that's a great tool to have is someone that knows how to invest. You also have to find the right individual. Some people may tell you that they know how to invest into the market, but nine out of ten times, that's never really the case. I think, you know, kind of as a pun, you know, we kind of uh, named this the Intelligent Investor because that is based off an actual book that teaches about investing into the stock market, understanding how to how to allocate, you know, um, basically shares of a company as your own just by investing a five to ten dollar, uh, you know, money into it. So that's something to always uh, look at. And also real world experience. I think failure is the best teacher of success. You know, I think a lot of people are hesitant. I myself have invested into the market and do invest into the market. It took a while because I was very hesitant. I always used to say to myself, <laughs> if I invest maybe this $100 that I could buy, you know, this game with or these sneakers with, you know, I don't want to lose that. But, you know, it, it, it takes a mental discipline. Once you get into it, you really start to learn that, you know, be patient sometimes. You know, sometimes, you know, that's that failure that doesn't necessarily mean you have to jump. Also, you know, don't. Also, listen to the negativity around, you know, maybe somebody might tell you that. Why are you using that money to invest into that stock? Right. Definitely. Some you know, people don't understand it. what exactly. it is. Exactly. And then they will think that you investing in it 
is a dumb idea. Exactly. But that's why, as I mentioned before, one of if you crack open any type of finance book, if you wanted to be a financial advisor, if you just wanted to learn about the stock market, one of the most important things to know is that every individual involved in it is different and has different goals and has different ideas of what they believe in. So if you are a novice that wants to begin in the stock market, as I mentioned, Follow your interests, but also know what your goals are. Without knowing what your goals are in the long run, you will never be able to invest appropriately. That's the same thing with anything in life. If you wanted to be a professional athlete, you're not going to get there just by liking it. You actually have to know your goal and strive for it. So when it comes to the stock market, if you make $1,000 every month, and you want to get into the stock market, determine how much of that you think is enough that you can set aside. And then once you hit, for example, for me, as Charles mentioned, I was hesitant to start in the stock market. Mm -hmm. It's scary. Mm -hmm. it, I decided personally that I was going to get X amount of money. For me, that was $500. Once I hit that in savings, I was going to plug that into the stock market with over the course of two to three weeks with stocks that I saw were opportune for me. So that's what I would suggest everybody does is think of how much you can invest and invest it accordingly based on what you want. And to kind of, uh, you know, piggyback off of those ideas, um, you want to have, uh, you want to know your tolerance level mm -hmm. for uh, dealing with stocks um, because Risk. It's yes. It's it's risk reward, right? You, you're, <laughs> you know, that's you, scary. If you, if you put a hundred dollars in, chances are you can lose all of that money. And that's something um, you got to deal with, correct? When you're dealing with the stock market, you always have to be ready to potentially make out with none of it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's always a it's always a good rule of thumb to use money that you can afford to lose. Um, but at the same token, uh, knowing yourself and knowing how you want to invest in the stock market. Uh, for example, do you want to be a conservative investor or do you want to be an aggressive investor? Um, for a novice level, conservative, more so a buy and hold, which is you buy a stock that you believe is just going to continue to rise, like a stock in Apple, for example, even though that stock is pretty expensive. If you buy a stock in a company like that, you have a good idea that the company is going to continue to make money, so your stock will continue to grow in, in valuation. Um, conversely, if you want to be sort of an aggressive investor and, and you know, uh, analyze the stock trends and, and do all of the fundamental analysis, you could do that too uh, for the people who are advanced at, at uh, stock picking and stuff. But I think starting out, the best rule of thumb is to take it slow. Mm. You know, do what, what you feel is comfortable and it's all about baby steps. You get know, your feet I, wet a little bit. Get your bit. feet wet. When I started investing in stocks, I, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I just took like $15 <laughs> <laughs> and I, I used the, there's this app called Robinhood. Very and, good app. You know, I, I use that app. It's a very good app, by the way. I mean, we'll touch on it a little bit. Um, but $15, just buy, bought a stock that was like $10 and I was like, all right, cool. Just start we'll see there. how this goes. See how it goes, you know, <laughs> check on it here and there. And uh, from there, you, you, you begin to develop uh, armor, 
because you'll see the stock fall and you'll be like, oh, I'm losing money. But then the stock rises again in like two days, you know. So even with the recent, you know, things that are going on with the Dow Jones and stuff, it's going, you know, it's up and down. That's that's the thing with stocks. It's always going to be ups and downs. Um, but th those who ride the wave to the end will ultimately see the results. Mm -hmm. Great point, Daniel, man. As you said, some people are, are not as risk averse as others. So you really have to know your level of tolerance because... God forbid someone invests $200, loses it all, and then <laughs> next thing you know, it's going crazy. If so, those you were know. your last $200, then yeah. you're in trouble. You're you know? going nuts after Don't that. Put man. Don't put your whole 401k in the stock. Don't put your whole money into the <laughs> stock market. We'll tell you that much. Absolutely, man. And one thing I did learn in school about investing in stocks, too, my professor always used to say, if you're investing for the long term, you don't need to check your stocks every day because some days it will go up, some days it will go down, and as you said, you will go crazy, man. Mm -hmm. So definitely and, that. And just one thing to add on to that, because uh, you mentioned uh, school, is that uh, there was one professor, he told me the, the it, was, it was the most, uh, like, when he told me this, I was just like, wow. I went and did exactly what he, he said. Pretty much he, he said, there's three types of uh, stock uh, indexes that you want to buy. And We'll get into what uh, index is, pretty much a mutual fund. But uh, index, um, you want to buy uh, a total stock index in the U.S. market, a total stock index uh, in the international markets, and then you want to buy uh, a total bond index in uh, for the U.S. And that in that and that's getting into more the portfolio um, aspect of it, but. Uh, if you want to go a conservative route and if you want to uh, have your have your portfolio sort of balanced, no matter what happens in the markets, those are like the top three uh, things to look into. All right. So as you mentioned portfolio, can you just put in simple terms what a portfolio is and why it's important to diversify it? I mean, a portfolio is pretty much uh, just picture uh, a pie chart. And uh, in that pie chart, you have different assets. Um, you know, you have your stocks, you have your bonds, you have uh, different uh, EFT, you have all these different uh, instruments, financial instruments, we'll call it, uh, pooled into this pie chart. And the portfolio is, serves as sort of a, uh, a risk leveler. And that is to say, it helps to uh, eliminate the um, unsystematic risk that uh, comes with certain companies. So if you buy five stocks from five different companies, let's say one is tech, one is you know in the, in the food industry, one is you know another one, uh, even if the tech industry is going bad, the food industry stock is rising, your portfolio will balance out. So in simple terms, it's a way to, uh, when we talk about diversification, uh, the more stocks and the more uh, assets that you have in this pie chart, in this pool, the less vulnerable, or I should say, the less variable your uh, your your uh, portfolio is going to drop into the negatives, and you can kind of keep your returns uh, more so at a stable rate. So it's more of a stability component. Um, Charles, if you want to add on to that, basically a portfolio is just. Yeah, just uh, I think of it as a chart of basically everything that you're doing. You know, 
I'm not going to give the full breakdown because, you know, we're not in class, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, you know, basically it's good to definitely know or, you know, when you guys ever have time, just go online and kind of check what a portfolio is, understand what a stock, a bond is, an asset, liability. Those are key terms to kind of understand. And ones that we will be discussing further in yeah. further episodes. So it's good to look exactly. it up yourself. Yeah. So, so I just yeah. wanted to, to just touch on the portfolio is just basically everything that's in your supply cabinet that you own, you know, whether it be stock, whether it be cash, whether it be um, Bitcoin, which are cryptocurrencies, whatever it may be, whatever you own is Bonds. in asset wise that can be quantified. Technically, that is your portfolio. If if it's your whole pie chart, as Daniel described it. Right. I heard Daniel, you mentioned earlier Robinhood. Is that the main app that people usually use to invest or are there other popular apps that people use as well? Um, there are other apps. Um, there, are a lot of, uh, there are other uh, brokerage firms that people could go to to um, start investing. Uh, for Robinhood, personally, for me, I like that they don't uh, have the commission aspect. Where So every time you buy a stock, there are commission fees with every stock that you buy. So if the stock costs like $20, the brokerage firm might charge you like a two dollar commission oh, fee wow. or, or yeah you know, something like America that. America, it's, it's, it's a decent chunk of change yeah, that you know, if you right. work with. But <laughs> America, think about it, that's in every business. You you know you go to get your haircut, and the haircut's fifteen dollars. You're not just paying fifteen dollars. You're paying like eighteen, nineteen. You got to tip your your mm -hmm. barber. You know exactly. the tip is basically what equals the commission for a broker. Mm -hmm. But as Daniel mentioned, the good thing about Robinhood is that it's an app and you do it yourself. There's nobody doing it for you, so there's nobody else to pay. There's no fees. And that's what made it really special among young people such as ourselves that used to not be able to get into the stock market because back in the day, you used to have to go to you know Charles Schwab or you used to have to go to the physical exchange and get yourself some. Now you could just go on your phone, two steps, you could have stocks in your hand. So that's why Robinhood is very nice. But as I said, you could go to a bank, you can go to a brokerage like Charles Schwab or other websites such as Ameritrade. Um, those are some sites that I've heard of. Yeah, I mean, those basically, as these gentlemen just kind of detailed, are great, um, You, I would guess, sources to use, yeah, and a platform to use like Robinhood and also different brokerage firms. I think also doing your research is a big component. A lot of brokerage firms that I definitely know of charge broker fees. Um, commission fees are are put into that as well. And please, people, understand that just because you invest in the stock market doesn't mean that you take your money as soon as you go into the stock market. It takes time. But, yes, you do. For those people that want to know, yes, you do get a tax return report on your stocks. <laughs> so for those that want to know that as well, that does include into the stock market. But one thing I'll definitely stress to everybody is having patience. Patience is key in the stock market. This is a long, a long ball game that we're playing here. It's like there a game of pool. You know, you got to definitely know where to strike, where to hit, and have, it's all about precision when you're going to the stock market. Don't rush it because when you rush it, you're never going to hit that target that you're looking for. Because I would definitely say when you're in the market, you, you're not subjected to just focus on the big name, but you're also not just going into it just because it has a name as well. Research. Research, research is something that I definitely preach to everybody. All right. So I want to touch upon now the saving aspect more. 
Because a lot of times we hear our parents tell us, oh, don't spend all your money. You got to save all your money. They always talk about saving, but they never really mention investing that much. Mm -hmm. So what I want to say is that for, the, for those of you guys that are listening, do not listen to your parents. Do not save a lot of your money. <laughs> because Yo, the I thing is... I had a call from Mrs. Cannon saying, <laughs> uh, why no. are you telling people not to listen to their parents? No, but the thing is... Mom, the, if you're watching this, I'm sorry. <laughs> I listen to this. <laughs> no, but, but really, the reason why I'm saying this is because our parents lived at a time when interest rates for savings accounts were maybe 5%. You mm -hmm. know, like, that's yeah. good compared to now. Now, interest rates are at point. 01 or 0.001%. They also didn't so, have the in, like as much internet access to do their own research. Exactly. So the thing is, your money is not really growing in the savings account. I'm sorry to say that, it's but not. it's really not. So if you're yeah. really trying to be wealthy and really trying to build money, save some money, but also invest some money too to make sure that your wealth grows because just leaving it in a savings account, man, it's, it's not going to grow that much. We talked about this earlier, but I just really want to stress it. You know, you want to determine what works for you. Well, however much money you're making, you want to determine, you always want to have just a, like a portion of money on the side, like an emergency fund. If you get hurt or if somebody you need desperately needs, you know, whatever the case may be, somebody says, let me hold $500 you got to have your emergency fund for whatever it may be. You need it right now. That has to be available. That's your Important. savings, you know? Your mm -hmm. savings is accessible at any time for you with your savings account. Yeah. But and your investments you do not want to touch. As Charles said, you don't want to touch it often or you don't want to check it often. Otherwise, right. you go crazy. Yeah. It's a patience game. Savings, you can take it whenever you want. You want to go on a vacation tomorrow, you take that out. No problem. But investments, you should not be touching those on a day-to-day -day basis. You want to be strategizing the long game. It's a marathon, not a race, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, basically what these gentlemen kind of detail, I mean, they make a great point. I think also having discipline is a key component in saving. That's where a lot of us fail at. I know a lot of our listeners as well can definitely attest to that as well. You know, when you, you make, you know, the decent money, you put into the savings, and then, you know, that checking might run low and then, you know, you're saying, oh, you know, maybe I can always make this money back with the next paycheck. You know, that's that's the term that they call living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, when you let your money sit, you're more inclined to spend it. So why not put it into an account? Why not put it into property? Why not put it into your own business? Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's key because, again, you are playing for the long game. So you're basically thinking of the future. And I definitely stress that because I think that's big for us is just planning you know, for the next five to 10 years, the years pass by so quick. We're almost ending the year already entering the new year. So it's just something to definitely think about. Another thing I'll definitely want to stress is also having, when you do invest your money and you invest with different people, when you put it, you want to work with uh, brokers or you want to work with different accountants, uh, different investment platforms, I think it's also understanding this risk that tie into that. And that's why I'm going to bring in Daniel to kind of explain the cybersecurity aspect of that. So, yeah, sure. So, um, uh, first and foremost, uh, when you're dealing with brokers and uh, looking at different brokerage firms, you want to you research that firm 
to see if it's a actually a legitimate brokerage mm-hmm. firm. I think that's first and foremost because a lot of these, you know, websites, a lot of these uh, firms that, you know, you probably have never heard of that has a very fancy name, uh, you know, talk about all of the benefits that they can give you, but they're not registered with the SEC or, or approved by FINRA, which are regulatory agencies. Um, so if any brokerage firm is not signed off by those two agencies at least, stay away. They have no oversight, nobody to check on them. Exactly. And, you know, and oversight is an important component. I mean, we could, you know, it could be a topic for another day, you know, regard. that's how financial crises start, like the 2008 crisis and, and crises before that is that uh, financial firms that are not regulated appropriately by or, or just are not regulated at all um, can just do things that are just crazy and dangerous. Uh, so I, d- I know, um, you know, I feel... I feel dumb, you know. I I feel like I'm gonna put myself in somebody listening right now. Could you please describe what regulation is for us? Sure. So regulation, um, to simply put it, is uh, oversight of uh, a particular uh, operation to ensure that you are compliant with the rules. The rule keepers. That, that was for you guys, ladies and gentlemen. I got y'all back. Thank you, know, you just Charles. Making sure, well put, making man. sure y'all well good. Put. You know, it's the police. It's the police, man. You know, you follow the rules. Correct. You know? um, and, and every org, every organization ha- should have some form of regulatory oversight committee. Otherwise, they could go unchecked. And that's what Daniel was mentioning in terms of Finra, and uh, the SEC. Those are the regulatory institutions of the finance world. Correct. Yes, and they, there, they they check it off. Is there a website where somebody could see this? Of course, you can um you can go on Finra's website. Um, that's just Finra.com, and find my name there. You uh, <laughs> you you'll have to browse around, but they have it in the search bar most likely. You can look up the company name, and they'll be registered. If if they're you know if they've every done their paperwork, is every there company that's registered is on there. Yep, and and Romney can because he is uh, Finra certified. He can attest to that. And uh. <laughs> oh yes, they are no Drop joke. I just want to say um, I was a day trader. I was trading equities at a firm, and I had to get certified. Every single person that trades equities that trades equities um, is a might be another word for stock, just in simpler terms. Anybody that trades, anybody that deals with other people's money has to be certified with FINRA, and that ties into what Daniel's saying. That's the oversight committee. Yeah, so um, so that's the first and foremost thing you want to make sure um, is there. The second thing um, that is just kind of like a, a good insurance policy for yourself is that, uh, especially in nowadays, we're dealing with a lot of uh, data breaches with companies we never thought would get breached, like Equifax, for example, oh that happened recently. Yeah, yeah. You know, millions and millions of, of people just getting their data compromised. So Facebook, you, you, Facebook, you know, all of these crazy things happening now. So when you're uh, researching these firms, you want to uh, make sure that they have some kind of insurance policy by the Security Investor Protection Corporation, um, SICP for short. Uh, they'll usually advertise it. <laughs> that they're certified, that they're uh, they're a member of that uh, organization, and that pretty much is just it's similar to your bank having the FDIC, where they they insure a certain amount of your money in case of a catastrophe. So 
having that backing is uh, something you want to look out for. Yeah, and I definitely want to add on to what these gentlemen kind of are detailing. Um, detailing, excuse me. Is also um, security is a big component when you are investing. I believe when you're in the stock market, when you're sending a lot of these emails that kind of contain your personal information, make sure that's in a secure email server. Yep. You never want to share it. People that please that work the nine to five game, do not share that information amongst your companies. And if you are investing into the stock market and your company acts, please, ladies and gentlemen, just tell them. Because I'm telling you that right now, if you don't detail and they find out, it's going to be a long process. All right. So yeah, it's, 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 you, you want to do, you want to dot your I's and cross your T's. You want to make sure that, especially if you're, if you're like dealing with logins and stuff, like when you're logging into your, your um, information that you want to have long passwords and you don't want to have the same password for everything. I know we're all a victim of it. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, but, wait, definitely. You know, we all do yeah, it. I'm, we all. I, 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 I kind of feel some type of way. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. I, got, <laughs> you know, I like three accounts with the same password. You know, it, Shit, you know, I might have to change it when I get home. <laughs> Mr. Cannon, 007. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you want to really, at least when it comes to your financial information, like banks. Um, your your login information for your brokerage firm and other personal really sensitive data. You want to have those logins be diametrically opposed to each other. You don't want it to be the same. You want it to be long. And if they offer it, you want to have multi-factor authentication. You know that's that's pretty much like uh, when you try to log in, they they might send a text to your phone or you know have some other way to verify that you are you logging into your account. Monitoring your passwords and uh, just making sure that when you're using certain websites that they have the HTTPS um, protocol. That's like the little green icon with you might the, see with a the, lock symbol. Yeah, the lock, lock yeah. Symbol. Look, make sure that any website you go to, could they be bank, fake bank uh, websites out there, make sure that they have that lock. If they have that lock, you're good. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into more uh, cybersecurity best practices in, in future episodes, but this more ties into being an intelligent investor and just making smart decisions when investing. Those are some really good tips, man. I'm going to be looking out for that, you know, lock symbol and two-factor <laughs> authentication because we take that stuff for granted. What we really want to, you know, wrap today's episode about being an intelligent investor, what we want to wrap with is that the world in 2018 that we are currently in, almost 2019, it's so much different than it was 15, 20 years ago when our parents were more in our position. Exactly. It's totally different ball game. We cannot even begin to compare the two. So with that said, there's so much new info. Everybody can make themselves a knowledgeable individual by doing their research, writing out you know, what their goals are. But overall, to be an intelligent investor, you have to know what you have available, what you want to have in the future. And then once you put that starting point and that ending point, you can then begin to fill in that path to achieving that goal. Know your goals, know where you stand, and then begin to build that road to be that intelligent investor. Great advice, Rami. All right, guys, the second episode for the Denzel Financial Podcast is coming to an end. We want to thank you guys so much for listening to us. And for those of you guys that 
that tuned into our first episode, The Art of the Hustle. We really thank you guys for listening to us. You and know, thank we're, you, we're our look- guests, for having Daniel come down here from Albany and, you know, Charles always right. being a very very good informational man yeah you know um just want to thank you guys for continuously following us please check us out on soundcloud spotify Spotify, youtube our website we will have that posted for you guys as well what is that website www.dansofinancial-group.com again www.dansofinancial-group.com we will be having that posted. Check us out on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We will have that posted. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend, and keep a lookout for our podcast.